Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ayo. And this is a continuation of the podcast episode last week when I was discussing a foundational teaching called emotional responsibility and the tool we use, which is the manual. And I mentioned a couple things on that podcast episode that I just want to follow up on because I believe the implications of this, they go really deep and they're truly the foundations of everything that I teach, everything I believe in, and everything that I really guide men to help remember. There are essentially three basic premises that build the foundation of everything I teach. And they are, number one, everything is one. Number two, everything is perfect. And number three, you are completely, 100% in control of your own experience. Now, the second, everything is perfect, follows from the first, everything is one. And the third, which is you're completely in control of your own experience, follows from the second, that everything is perfect. And it follows from the second through the flaw or through the illusion of separation. So everything is one, that's divine truth. Everything is perfect, that's divine love. And you being in control of your own experience is divine presence. And living through divinity is the quintessence of your alpha state. In fact, it's the quintessence of being an alpha male. Cognitive mastery, emotional ownership, manifestation, self-confidence, leadership, all of these things, they're skills. They're skills and byproducts of remembering that everything is one, everything is perfect, and that you're 100% in control of your own experience. And today, I just want to talk about everything being perfect, specifically you being perfect. Because brother, you are perfect. Everything is perfect. You are a part of everything. Now, if you believe you have flaws, <laughs> and some people do, some people believe they have flaws, right? We kind of get taught this throughout the course of our childhood, throughout the course of our adulthood, we're told that we have flaws and that we have to accept our flaws. And that's okay. Like if that's the case, then just know that you're perfectly flawed or that you're flawed perfectly. Because whatever you believe to be a flaw is a part of your own unique perfection. It's not actually a flaw at all. It's a part of perfection. There's nothing you can do to be better than you already are. You know, there's nothing you can do to achieve your higher self. There's nothing you can do to become your higher self. Now, when I say this, I usually get some pushback, right? In fact, you guys may be pushing back right, right now as you hear this, because you've probably heard people say, you know, to be a better version of yourself, do this, to be better, do that, to be, you know, your higher, your best self. These are the things you have to do. So you might be pushing back now. And I sometimes get a lot of this from the life coaching industry, from the personal development industry, because I am a man's guide. I am a guide for men. And there are a lot of men out there teaching and selling the idea that you can be better, right? Be better. Live into some higher version. Live into your 2.0 version. You know, be better. Be the best. Some better or best version of who you are now. And while there may be some truth to this, the truth is revealed in the definitions. It's not revealed in the behaviors or the circumstances. Because brothers, as you know, the behaviors are byproducts and the circumstances are neutral. So neither really matter. But the ego wants to believe that they do matter. 
right? The beta condition wants to believe that they do matter. The beta condition, the ego wants to believe that these actions, these circumstances, these labels matter. And the ego wants to believe that they matter so much that it does everything it can to try to control both, try to control the circumstances, try to control behaviors. In fact, the ego will do everything it can to keep you believing that you are not perfect. You're not perfect until, and here's the catch, until X, Y, Z happens, right? Whatever X, Y, and Z is, whatever's the flavor of the day, flavor of the month, flavor of the year, you must do something. You must become something. You must have something to be better, to be worthy, to be in your higher self. And depending on which labels your ego attaches to, the higher self could be in complete opposition to someone else's higher self, which makes it completely subjective anyway. And this, of course, is, is, is totally erroneous. And I'm not being condescending when I say, of course, because it's not obvious that this is the case. In fact, the alternative seems obvious. It seems obvious that we can be better. It seems obvious that we can all improve in some way, this improvement, <laughs> right? We can be better, we can improve. It's so wild, right? And the reason for this is the illusion of time. It has to do with the illusion of time. It has to do with the illusion of death, both of which are only experienced by the ego alone, not the soul. The soul is eternal. The soul doesn't deal with things like being better. So let me back up. Let me clarify something. Because in the past, I want to make sure we've got the terms correct here, brothers. In the past, I've used the terms beta condition and alpha state. Okay, Right now, I'm using the terms ego and soul. And these terms are interchangeable. The alpha male is a spiritual man that lives through his soul because he has a managed mind. Right, He has a surrendered mind. So the ego... The ego's not running the show. The ego's kind of taking the backseat. The ego becomes the observer, right? It's just watching. The beta man is the man that lives through his ego because he hasn't managed his mind. And therefore, he lives a life out of his control because external control is an illusion. The outer world is an illusion. There are essentially two worlds, right? There's the world that has been created for us and the world that we created in our ego, and both of these worlds can't exist simultaneously, and therefore one is an illusion. The world you see before you exists in the state of duality that it is in, while at the same time, it is a complete fabrication created by the ego through the mind. Because you don't see the world the way it is, brother. You see the world the way you are. And this is one of the alpha male tenets. And that's what that means. You don't see the world God created for you. You see the world your ego created the world you created through your ego. And this is because the mind is the bridge between consciousness and form. Consciousness, pure consciousness, is your true nature. It is the nature of your soul. However, as your consciousness continued to develop through your childhood, something had to take the place of the soul consciousness while this occurred. So the ego stepped in, right? We see this in children, the powerful I, the powerful authority. It came in to protect you while the soul, this is the beta condition, right? It came in to protect you while the soul continued to adapt to its new experience in a human body. And then somewhere along the line, <laughs> the ego just never backed off, right? The ego just said, I'm in control. I'm the authority. It never stepped down. And now it just lives in a perpetual state of authority and judgment. The spiritual journey is the path of elevating your alpha state. It's the path of remembering to live your soul, live through your soul. Because the mind is a tool. It's a bridge. That's what it is. It's a machine, a black box. You give it an input and you get an output. That's it, right? The only job of the mind is to make your thoughts real. That's what the mind does. It's like a tunnel. So I call it like a bridge. 
That's why there are two programs, right? There's the Academy and the Path. The Academy is the school of change. It's about managing your mind. It's about reprogramming the ego, changing the stories. Essentially, it's about shifting the ego from a childhood perspective to an adult perspective. Most humans live from a childhood program. They loop their childhood thoughts to live in a pattern that they created in childhood. And it gives the awareness of safety and familiarity, obviously, because the longer you tell yourself the same story, the more familiar that story is. The school of change teaches you how to rewrite and reframe those programs. Now, the path is a little bit different because the path is about surrendering the authority of the ego and giving the power back to the soul, removing, like surrendering the mind and moving it back to the heart. The Academy is a rational, logical program that many men are called to in order to change their patterns. The path is a vibrational program that some men are called to in order to live in joy and presence and trust, love and gratitude. The Academy is the school of change, changing the egoic program. The path is the journey of immutability, remembering the truth of the self and living through your soul. Both of them function in a way of mind management because the mind is the bridge or the tunnel between the realm of consciousness and the realm of matter and density. Now, that all being said, <laughs> it might have seemed a little bit like a tangent there. That all being said, you are perfect. That is the truth. right? Truth with a capital T. No questions about that. Like I said, like if you have this conditioning, this beta conditioning that you're flawed, just recognize that that's a part of your program. It's a part of your egoic program to help make you better. The ego writes this program that you have a flaw in order for it to have a job. Its job is to create problems in order to find solutions. But you're perfect. And I want to choose my words carefully here because there's been a lot of contention around this fundamental truth. And I understand why, as I just told you, we live in a world where the foundation of everything is fear, separation, not enoughness, comparison, and competition. If we add to the effect of all of these things, fear, separation, not enoughness, comparative competition, if we add to that punishment, oppression, and shaming, then you have a powder keg ready to just blow up. And I don't want to take it down a dark path either. I don't want to be a downer here. I just want to help you understand why you are caught in the illusion and why you are struggling so hard to be better. Why you are desiring so deeply to be someone other than who you are. Do you see how that sounds so disempowering? Struggling so deeply to be someone other than who you are. Take going to the gym as an example. And brothers, you know I was in the fitness industry for over a decade. I believe in fitness and I enjoy working out. And I have long let go of the idea that everyone needs to work out in order to be healthy, right? This whole idea of being healthy. In fact, I have plenty of anecdotal and circumstantial evidence that would point to the contrary. You know, you might say that if you're training properly, you'll never get injured, right? And again, this statement is also completely erroneous. I've actually heard people say that to me. I've heard people say that if you work out, quote, the right way, as if there is a right way to work out, right? But people have said that if you work out the right way, that you'll never get injured. And brothers, that is complete BS. I said BS to keep you know, the explicit tag off of this episode, <laughs> right? There is no way to avoid injury when you train at high speeds or under heavy loads. In fact, you can injure yourself in the parking lot on your way to the gym simply by rolling your ankle or tripping over a curbside. And I don't want to digress here again, but my point is, is that if you can't prevent injuries from working out, you can't prevent injuries from working out. It's part of the nature of working out. And therefore, we can't make a blanket statement. We cannot make a blanket statement that says working out is healthy unless we begin to redefine what it means to be healthy, which is a whole new problem. 
Because even repetitive use injuries can't be avoided as long as you are disciplined in your routine. If you are so disciplined in your workout routine that you go to the gym every day or you participate in a sport every day, then you are at least going to get some repetitive use injury. So if we define health, and again, if we define health as an injury-free state or a state of optimal performance, I would say that injuries reduce both of those. Injuries reduce, they eliminate your injury-free state and it reduces your state of optimal health and are therefore unhealthy. If injuries are unhealthy and working out creates invariably injuries, that we could make the claim that working out is unhealthy, right? We could do that logically. Now, hold on. Now, stop right there. I know what you're thinking, right? <laughs> I am not saying to you to stop working out. I'm using this as an example. I may even be belaboring this a little bit just to prove a point because I'm simply making the counterintuitive argument against what so many men in the personal development industry are making. They're making an argument that working out is mandatory if you're going to live into your higher self. I've heard this. I've heard this from so many personal development coaches. I have heard the claim that you must, you must go to the gym if you want to be the best version of yourself. And as a side note, this is a side note, many of these coaches, many of these guides in this particular industry actually either own gyms or they own supplement companies. <laughs> but that's beside the point. That's just edification for you as you listen. The point is, is that there is a general and erroneous claim that you are not enough until X, Y, and Z, right? And in this case, I'm making X, Y, and Z mean until you start going to the gym every day. That's the claim. Now, that's the general and erroneous claim that you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not in your best self. You're not in your better version. You're not in your higher self until you X, Y, and Z, right? That's the variable. X, Y, Z is the variable. And in this case, I'm using the variable as until you start going to the gym. Now, the ego eats this up. The ego loves this. The ego loves this because it gives it a change to be better. It gives the ego the presentation of a solution because the ego always sees a problem, always, because it deals with thought energy. Problems are thoughts. Now, not all thoughts are problems, but all problems are thoughts. <laughs> there is no problem that is not a thought. If we stopped thinking, there would be no problems. And since the ego deals with thought energy, it deals with a lot of problems, right? It tries to solve the problems that don't exist. And when it hears that it can be better by going to the gym, oh, it jumps on that. It jumps on that. You know, the ego compares the body, compares your body, right? Its body, whatever body it's inhabiting, right? The ego compares your body to all the bodies at the gym. And it says, oh yeah, we should look like that. That is definitely better than our body. That's better. We would be better. We would be in our higher self if we looked like that, if we had that type of body. Our body should be like those bodies. That is the comparison, right? And competition lives here too. Competition lives here too, brother. If the ego is comparing capacity and aesthetics and using it directly as a way to be better, then we have competition as well because the ego can simply say, oh, he can deadlift 315. He can deadlift 315 pounds. I'm going to do more. I'm going to lift more weight. Or the ego will say, oh, he has a 48-inch chest. I'm going to do more bench press and more push-ups. I'm going to get a bigger chest, right? Or leaner body or whatever it is. All of this is a part of the lie. All this is a part of the lie, brothers. And it's all dragging you out of your truth. Now, I'm 15 minutes into the episode. And at this point, some of you may be saying, what is Kevin talking about? Like, what is he talking about? I'm listening to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, and this isn't alpha at all. Isn't it alpha to go to the gym? Isn't it an alpha move 
to go to the gym and have an amazing body and optimal health and be strong and powerful and lean? Why is he saying all of this? And the reason is because of these manuals, brothers. It's because of these manuals. If you remember from last week, these manuals are ways that the ego or the beta condition, like this is the manuals that the beta males, the beta men, the beta condition use and they, they get a hold of, they use to get a hold of you and keep you in that place of disempowerment. It's how the ego keeps you in a place of a victim, a victim of your beliefs, a victim of your routines, a victim of your circumstances, a victim of your behaviors. Because here's what happens. And again, I want you to know I'm using arbitrary percentages here. <laughs> I don't have the data on this. I'm just making these percentages up, okay, based on personal experience. I haven't done any clinical research on these percentages. But here's what happens with this type of belief that you are good enough as you are, right? You're not good enough the way you are. You're not good enough now, okay, so that you need to be better, that you need to live into your higher self, you need to be more alpha or whatever, whatever these claims are from these personal development industries, from these YouTube influencers or, or personal development coaches, whatever they are, they say all of these things. They say you need to be better. You're not good enough until, until you do X, Y, and Z. We're going to make X, Y, and Z be the case mean that you need to go to the gym every day, right? So you're not good enough until you go to the gym every day. You're not an alpha. You're not in your best self until you go to the gym every day. And here's what happens. About 80% of people, and again, arbitrary percentages, about 80%, about four out of five people, they struggle, they buffer, and they suffer, okay? Because a rule goes out there. A rule goes out there into the space, this arbitrary rule that you need to be better by going to the gym every day, and the ego jumps on it. And 80% of the people are punished by their lack of adherence to the rule. The rule is that if you want to be healthy or better or an alpha or in your higher self or whatever, that you need to go to the gym every day. And then 80% of the people are punished. They punish themselves. You know, they say they want to go to the gym and they want to change their body and they want to be better and they want to be alpha and they want to be in their highest version, all the things, but they don't. They don't. You know, they say, I don't have time. I don't have energy. I don't have money. I don't have discipline. I don't have willpower. They just beat themselves up. They self-criticize. And of course, none of this is true because they do have the time, they do have the money, they do have the energy, they do have the discipline, they do have the willpower, whatever else their mind tells them that they lack, but the mind must make an excuse, an excuse that punishes them. It's just more repeating of I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough money. It's the mind making the excuse. Remember, brothers, we live in the age of punishment. We were taught this by our parents and governments and religions. <laughs> That's what our parents did. That's what our governments do. That's what our religions do. They punish us. They make us feel bad. They shame. Do it right or pay the price, they say. It's a fear-based existence that we've created out of our own fear. And I have compassion, brothers. I have compassion, to be sure. However, I can also see it very clearly. And I know we're moving towards a new paradigm, which is why I do what I do. <laughs> right? You guys know this. So 80% of the people are in a state of internal suffering and struggle. You know, they're trying to force themselves. They're forcing themselves to try to be better. They're forcing themselves to try to get into the gym. And then they suffer when they fail. When they don't go to the gym, they suffer. And they call themselves a failure and they punish themselves with some kind of buffering, with some kind of other behavior, some kind of self-deprecating thought, some kind of self-deprecating criticism, some kind of self-deprecating behavior. Now, the other 20%, right, the other one out of five of the people impose upon themselves the rule and they follow through with it, right? They say, okay, if I'm going to be better, 
If it's going to make me better to be in my higher self by going to the gym, I'm just going to start going to the gym. It's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be better. If that's going to make me better, then I will go to the gym and make myself better. I will be the best version of myself by following this rule that someone else created, right? Somebody else put this rule out there. Somebody else laid this rule down on me. And usually, but not always, they laid it down for their own benefit. So the other 20%, they start going to the gym every day. Every day, they just do it because they're like, yeah, I need to be better. I need to be better. And they struggle too. They suffer too, but they suffer for a different reason. Check this out. These 20% suffer because now they're attached to this rule. And it's formed a part of their, quote, better self-identity, right? The external, going to the gym, has now determined the internal, the better self, and an attachment has grown into the psyche. So for these people, going to the gym is now a requirement. It's a requirement for them to continue to tell themselves that they are worthy and valuable. They've attached their behavior of going to the gym with their self-worth and their self-value. It's become a part of their routine, and the routine has become a prison of self-worth. And God forbid if they ever need to take a day off from the gym, and if they ever get injured and have to take a rest for a week or a month. Brothers, I'll tell you something. You guys know that I worked in the gym industry for over a decade. I've seen men dive, I've seen men and women, our brothers and our sisters, dive into a deep state of depression simply because they were unable to go to the gym for six to eight weeks while they were healing a broken bone. And it was because of their thoughts around self-worth being attached to this rule of the better self going to the gym every day. And they paid a deep emotional toll. What about those in the 20% that age, right? We all age. Those in the 20% that age, they suffer as well. Because as they age and their performance dips, they lose self-confidence when their abilities wane because their bodies are moving closer to its final position in space. The bodies are moving closer to death. So their performance wanes and because their self-confidence, their self-worth, their self-value is based on their better self, their higher self is based on these performance numbers. As that dips, so does all of their self-worth. And again, those in the 20% that lose their interest in the gym, and yet they continue to go, that's another part of how they suffer, those one out of five. (laughs) They lose their interest in the gym, but they continue to go day in and day out. They force themselves. They force themselves through what was once a passion, and now is just a chore, a habit, a routine that is required, required by the ego to maintain its identity as a better self or higher self or worthy self. It's a prison. It becomes a prison. The prison of the rule creates a deep amount of suffering, just as it does for the other 80%. While the 80% punish, the 20% imprison. And brothers, this is only one example This is just one example of a manual that we put on ourselves that prevents us from seeing and experiencing the truth, which is that we are perfect. It prevents us from experiencing our own perfection. And there are others. How about waking up at a certain time? (laughs) How many of you guys have dealt with this? How many of you have been told by a coach, by a personal development coach, that says you need to wake up at 4.30 in the morning? says you need to wake up at 5 a.m. It says you need to wake up at 6 a.m. Once again, we have 80% of people who tell themselves they must do it to be better and live into a higher version of themselves, and they don't. Right? They set the alarm and they hit the snooze button. They hit the snooze button. They hit the snooze button over and over and over again. And then they make excuses and then they buffer. So they suffer for one reason. And then we have the other 20% who set their alarm clocks and wake up at the same time every day and become a slave 
to that alarm clock. They become a slave to that time of day. If they sleep in or if they miss the alarm and don't get up on time, then they tell themselves a story that they've ruined their whole day. Their whole day is off and they can't recover until the next day when the new alarm goes off and they rise as required by the ego. They get up on time, quote unquote, on time as the ego dictates, as the beta self. It's another example. What about drinking alcohol? You know, that's a good one too. You know, drinking alcohol is bad, right? Maybe you tell yourself this. When you want to be in your higher self, you don't drink, correct? Maybe, maybe not. This could be one of those that vary from person to person, but let's use it. Let's use it as an example. 80% of the people will hear this rule from some guide, some coach, some personal development coach, or some YouTube influencer and say, okay, that's it. No more drinking for me. If I'm going to be the best version of myself, I will not drink any more alcohol. None. And then they're going to try to stop drinking for a little while, and then they fail, right? They go on a binge. Maybe they stop for a week or two weeks or a month, and then they just like, I can't do it anymore, the willpower, right? I just can't do it, and they go drinking. And maybe they don't even stop for a while. Maybe they just keep going out every night, and then they punish themselves internally using all that same criticism, no discipline, no worthiness. I've got no discipline. I've got no worthiness. I'm not worthy. I can't do it. I have no willpower, whatever. It's just that, that internal beating down. And then those thoughts lead to other buffers and other self-destructive behaviors because the thoughts are themselves are self-destructive because they're lies. <laughs> they're lies. To tell yourself you have no discipline, to tell yourself you have no worth, to tell yourself you have no willpower, those are lies. They're lies because the beta condition wants to make up a story, it wants to create a problem to find a solution. Now, the other 20% will probably never touch a drink again, right? Because we have that other extreme. These are the people that like, you know, from AA, that go through AA, never again, never walk into a bar, never own a bottle of booze, won't even go into a bar. And they become prisoners of the rule. And on the surface, this may appear like a good thing, right? It's like, you know, people celebrate this, you know, I'm 100 days clean, or I'm 1000 days clean, or whatever they call, you know, whatever they say. But on the inside, on the inside, brothers, think about this on the inside, not the behavior, we're not talking about the behavior. We're talking about the soul, we're talking about the being itself. On the inside, there's always the fear. The fear of losing control, the fear of being disempowered, the fear of slipping up, because they are disempowered. Power is in being able to have a drink one day and then not the next. Having a drink at a wedding and then going six months without. Having a drink to celebrate or to mourn and then shutting up the liquor cabinet for another year. That's power. Never drinking again is simply becoming a slave to the rule, a slave to the idea that you are flawed that you will lose control, that you have no control, and that you're not good enough. Now, basically, brothers, like I say, we're talking about extremes here. This is why the Buddha, the Buddha who also gave us detachment, <laughs> right? This is why the Buddha showed us the middle way. The middle way is to experience your own perfection in each moment instead of chastising yourself over rules made up erroneously by other people or your ego, your beta condition. Now, the pushback I get from these counterintuitive teachings, and I know they're counterintuitive, brothers. I know that I'm saying pretty much the opposite of every other coach in the personal development industry. I get that. But the pushback I get from these counterintuitive teachings is that men will tell me, and they have told me, that if they don't make these rules for themselves and they don't hold themselves accountable, that they won't ever change. They won't ever evolve. They won't ever expand. They won't ever be better. How will I lose weight if I don't hold myself accountable? How will I wake up early? 
If I don't hold myself accountable, how will I stop drinking? How will I stop watching pornography? How will I stop gambling? How will I stop spending hours on my phone? How will I stop eating sugar? How will I stop whatever if I don't hold myself accountable? If I don't make rules for myself and imprison myself according to what I want to change to be better? How will I do it, coach? Tell me. Well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, there's some deep misunderstandings in those questions alone. Because the first question I have is, why do you want to change? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to wake up early? Why do you want to stop any behavior that you're currently engaged in? Why? Why? That's the question. That's what I want to ask you. Brothers, the answer to that question, the answer of why, is the same reason you're currently engaged in the activity. <laughs> Does that make sense? Maybe I should say that another way. You want to stop or start these behaviors for the same reason you're doing them or not doing them. You want to lose weight because you think it'll make you better. And the reason you're outside your natural weight in the first place is because you don't think you're good enough. Your desire to change is the cause of your result. Your desire to be better, which is the same as saying you're not good enough as you are, is exactly the thought that's causing the current result you're experiencing. Does that make sense? You guys understand what I'm saying there? Anytime you say, I need to be better, when you say, I need to be better, it's the same as saying, I'm not good enough as I am. And that thought is exactly the lie that's creating the result that you're experiencing. You're saying to yourself, I'm not good enough, and then you're experiencing that as a vibration and as a result. And I know this sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. I get it. It's very counterintuitive, right? But it's the truth. It's the universal truth. Our results come from our thoughts. We are 100% in control of our experience. And when you choose, when you choose to experience not enoughness, when you choose to experience I am not enough, that becomes your result. When you choose to experience that I won't be perfect until, that I have to be better because I'm not good enough as I am, that is your result. And it becomes your result manifested in all kinds of different things. And it will perpetuate until you change the thought, not the behavior and not the circumstance, which is what I began the podcast with. People say you have to change your behavior to be better. People say you have to change your circumstance to be better. No, 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 no. You don't have to change your behaviors. You just have to accept the fact that you're perfect as you are. And then by the byproduct of that will be a change in your behavior. <laughs> Nothing external will ever change the internal, but by shifting the internal, you'll change the external. Now, brothers, I live in Tulum, right? So I hear all kinds of things around living into your highest self. You know, it's a spiritual buzzword around here. And when I ask men why they want to change, their ego always comes up with some amazing illusions. Like, I love listening to it, right? Statements like, my inner self calls me to be better, or it's a calling from my highest, it's not a desire for my ego. It's a desire for my highest self. Brothers, look, I'm not here to judge. I'm not making fun of anyone and I'm not here to judge. I am here, however, to reveal the truth. And the truth is your highest self doesn't change. It doesn't need to change and it never changes. It's immutable. It's complete. It's perfect. It's whole. There is nothing in your soul. There's nothing in your alpha state. There's nothing in your highest self or anything else you want to call it that wants to be anything different than what it is which is perfect. You are perfect. You are perfect. Everything is perfect. You are part of perfection. And I'm going to say that again. I really want you to hear me. You 
are perfect. I hear it all over. I hear it from everywhere. I hear it from the Matrix coaches. I hear it from the YouTube coaches. Do this, do that, be better, right? <laughs> Whatever better means, right? Shut off your phone, spend less time sleeping, spend more time sleeping. It's wild, huh? I hear both of it. Spend less time sleeping, like get up early, you know, work more, and spend more time sleeping. Give yourself more rest. It's wild. Go to the gym, go to yoga, don't drink, don't eat meat. Eat meat only. I've heard both of that as well. Don't eat meat and only eat meat. It's wild. Brothers, stop listening to it all. Stop listening to all of it and hear this one thing. Hear the one thing that when you really experience it and know it, when you know this, when you can feel this in your heart, when you can feel this in your bones, you will be free. You will be free when you experience this fact. You are perfect. Stop trying to be perfect and accept that you are perfect. I'm going to say that again because that's the quintessence of this podcast episode. Stop trying to be what you already are. Stop trying to be perfect and just accept that you are perfect. When you stop and accept the truth of your own perfection, the actions, behaviors, beliefs, thoughts, emotions, vibrations, results, and feelings all become a byproduct of that truth. You don't need to do anything for this momentous inner shift to occur. You just need to know it. Just know it. Accept it as a fact. Accept it as a fact in the same way that you accept that the sun will rise tomorrow. Accept it as a fact in the same way that you accept as a fact that you will draw another breath once you release your current breath. You don't even think about it. You don't question whether the sun is going to rise tomorrow. You don't question whether you're going to take another breath. You just know it. You just accept it as a fact. And I'm offering that you accept it as a fact that you are perfect. What is the result of accepting this truth? It's the experience of enlightenment. And the first thing I want to say is that you forget what you think you know about enlightenment. <laughs> forget what you believe about enlightenment, right? You're not going to levitate and you're not going to heal sicknesses, right? You're not going to have all of these, like you're not going to start glowing. Like none of that's going to happen. Enlightenment is just being the inner light that you've always been. You've always been enlightened. You just need to know it. It's knowing what you've forgotten. It's remembering what you've been distracting yourself from due to all the noise in the matrix telling you that you need to be better. That's noise. There's a lot of noise out there telling you you need to be better. And that's distracting you from knowing that you're already perfect. You're already enlightened. And the result is being. It's being. You will be your ideal weight, whatever that looks like. Because you won't be in a mental, emotional, and physical state of either punishment, which is 80%, or imprisonment, which is the other 20%. You will wake up naturally when the time is right for you because you'll be living in your own perfection. And you'll stop any and all self-destructive behavior while still enjoying the various pleasures of life. You won't punish yourself with addictive patterns or imprison yourself with arbitrary rules. I know it sounds impossible, right? The question of how, like I've heard this before and this is what I'm saying, is like how? How? If I let go of my desire to be better, will I be able to make the changes that I want to see in my life? I get it, brothers. I get it. I know how counterintuitive this sounds. And this is why so few people find the truth. 
It's why so few experience their true nature and live as their enlightened selves, because it seems so counterintuitive. In order to evolve, you must let go. In order to grow, you must surrender. It's the fear of loss that keeps you in a state of forcing and pushing and struggling and suffering. It is the ego that's locked in time and afraid of death. You believe that if you accept your perfection, you will settle into a permanent state of dis-ease, a permanent state of behavior and results. But the opposite is true. It's actually the harder you push, the more you attract what it is that you believe. And that won't be enough until, right? That's what you're attracting. You're attracting this, I'm not enough until, I'm not enough until, I'm not enough until. You'll just start piling on more manuals. I'm not enough until I go to the gym every day. And then you do it, and then you're still thinking you're not enough until. And then you'll wake up early in the morning, and then you do it, and you'll still be thinking, I'm not enough until. It just, it's just a perpetual state of not enoughness. If it's not one thing, it's another. And you'll just attract another circumstances that pierces into that lie, showing it to you, revealing it to you, so that you can surrender to your own perfection. That is all that is asked of you, is for you to remember your true self. All you must do is know, accept it, know it, feel it, believe it, experience it. You are perfect. Know it, brothers. No one can reveal to you who you are. No one can tell you what to do that will ever make you better or greater. These are illusions. These are lies. Let go of all the labels. Let go of all the borders, all the boundaries, all the accumulation of knowledge and information, all the ideas of this or that. See the oneness, experience the perfection, and live in complete control as a being of pure consciousness. Until next week, brothers, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.